Hello, and welcome to First Thoughts, the podcast where three co-hosts present their first thoughts on interesting topics using only the name of the topic as their starting point. I'm Mike, and alongside me I have Jensen and Josh. How are you both doing? Hey, mate. <laughs> Good job on the intro. Well done. <laughs> this took us a while to get there on that one. Um, yeah, I'm good. Got plenty of aqua to quench my nice. thirst. Um, nice. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm, thank you. I'm equally good. Equal. I'm looking very, very, very albino, I think, at the moment. Oh, with the, <laughs> with with the new hair. hair. Yeah. <laughs> I like um, it. It's smart. I'll... I just keep, well, I keep forgetting and then seeing my picture on Zoom, obviously. I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, I genuinely, I was genuinely concerned when you sent that picture of you bald that time, though. I, like, I, I didn't, it wasn't that you didn't suit it. I wasn't... It this was, is like I was a just snap, like a Snapchat filter, Mike. Um, I was just like, which Whoa. like removes all your hair. <laughs> and I oh, sent right. it to Jensen and Richard. <laughs> I was like, "What do you think of my new hairstyle?" <laughs> yeah. I was, like, I was a bit worried that you'd gone grey before. <laughs> Naturally, it's the stress of this yeah, podcast. The, the Zoom call is just like desaturating it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was convinced I found some greys today um, in my beard. But I think they were just blondies, so I think I got away with it. I think I just <laughs> I've actually like, got a salt and pepper look on my game oh, like, prior to dying this like <laughs> sad age in my life. Nearly really. thirty. Oh, yeah. Getting, Thanks for the reminder. Getting decrepit, man. Right. So since I'm hosting this week, it's my turn to go first. Yeah, yeah. I nice. would like your first thoughts on what iron has to do with the war. Do with the war. Ooh. Uh-huh. The war is uh, in World War Two. Yeah, which which war? Yeah, World okay. War Two. Um. Oh, oh. I'm I'm gonna let Josh go first. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> now, when you say iron and war, I wouldn't naturally associate the two. Like you know, given. Contemporary wars now are not really about iron; they're about other resources, for example. Um, so I, I'm a little bit baffled. Jensen's thrown me in the deep end there by making me go first, um, but I'm going to presume that there was some sort of resource-heavy product. We were wait. I don't think the war was started over iron. It wasn't. It was over London power, basically, wasn't it? But what role did it have in the war? Um, well, that's what I'm I think it me. was vital <laughs> in the war, maybe, for the production of planes and other um, armored things. Vicky that's my Atkins. first thought. <laughs> I, I, I don't know okay, if Mike's Jensen? here. I don't know I, if Mike's I don't here know. or not. I feel like Mike has froze again. Oh, hang on a sec. That that's good though because it could give me another go at my first. Oh, give you another go. Like I don't know if you can hear us, but um, I can hear you. Now, now. we are talking World War Two, aren't we? So, oh, yep. he has is, reemerged. Is he? He's reemerged. Yeah, sorry guys, I don't know what's wrong. Did you hear any it's... of that, Mike? Yeah, so I I got right to the end of what you were saying. Um, oh, okay. But I want to I want to hear Jensen's thoughts before I uh, respond okay. to any of it. All right. So, there's there's something I heard about once, which was um, they they got people to donate 
their fences and gates for the iron to um, produce what, what? Uh, to, to make or... to make things but i don't think they actually made anything with them it was propaganda they piled them all up like i've heard that yeah. i've not read about that but i've some someone has told me that at some point propaganda you've got what? to to like a community morale exercise to make everyone think they're doing feel like they're doing their part um for the oh. war effort like yeah everyone's getting involved and donating their iron and but i think they just stockpiled it I, don't quote me on that. I've just heard that. Right. Well, you've pretty much hit the nail on the head there. You've got, like, both parts of what I wanted to get out of you both. So you've hit the, the nail on the head there. Um, the iron nail. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it was exactly what you said. It was, it, was, it was propaganda to make people feel like they were part of the war effort. Um, wow. They said that the iron from railings... Um, were you know going to be used to to make essential things that were needed for the war such as like ammunition and and what have you uh but it turns out iron was never used in any of these applications that they said it was going to be used for and they've um so uh when you look at architecture now um yep. you'll you'll often see um stone walls and they'll have like the where railings used to be especially on like public areas oh, um, yeah. if you look around an old old town you'll see where the railings used to be wow and um what jensen said is is perfectly accurate um and it hasn't been confirmed but um there is a theory that there are all of the railings were just dumped in the thames in the thames yeah, so right at, at the bottom of the Thames, yeah. And um, apparently there's interference with um, devices on ships when they're, they're going in and out of the Thames because oh. of that. So uh, did Iron actually have any role, like any purpose? No. So why were they, like, you know, hey, as a propaganda tool, donate all your Iron? Like, what excuse did they give to people? Like, we need it for shells, we need it for armour, we need it for weaponry, like... Because, yeah, it, you know, if you're just it, like, it, give it, us your iron, but, you know, actually, yeah. we can't relate that to any purpose or anything to do with a wall. Like, I, I, I just... Yeah. I, I don't know whether it was, um, whether they thought they could use iron in the first place or ah, whether, right. It right. Do, it, whether it then developed that, you know, it couldn't actually be used for... Um, <laughs> what it was but i think it was a it was like a morale booster like people who couldn't go to war yeah yeah felt like had a would, purpose yeah, yeah no completely um, like the psychology behind that's yeah. fascinating really. like you would want like, yeah. it's like i was thinking about this and um you know how like in the trenches like the military were like censoring letters and things like that and like I was kind of, back home. Yeah, yeah like I've always them. felt yeah, like yeah, really yeah. conflicted about that because on the one hand, it's like, well, like their right to be able to speak freely, mm. you know, um, as particularly as Englishmen, we have that right. Um, yeah. But at the same time, they, the, the military and the government, have got a really careful game to play in terms of what people know, what people, what people's yeah, perception like, of the war effort is, and mm. the psychology of that. And and how important that is. Um, I thought that was to do with more like sensitive information, so like you know, information on location, position, I think, movements, I think, yeah, plans. Like, I think definitely not necessarily that would... 
raw emotion and feelings and perceptions because i mean i've always i've always thought i don't know maybe that's just my interpretation of it like i I don't know i don't know much about it to be um, fair like just like i knew that they were obviously censoring things and um well we know that um and we're told that for various different reasons but i do think like yeah, if everyone back home was hearing just how terrible it was and da, 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 you know, um, in all the grimacing detail, they'd just be saying, bring our boys home, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, but um, so, Mike. That's really cool. It's a new angle on things. Yeah. Like, have we lost Mike again? No, I'm still here. Oh, He's good. Here. here he is. Yay. <laughs> I was going to say, Mike, who do you want to go next? <clears throat> uh, let's go with you, Jensen. Okay, right. Well, interesting. Uh, but I would like your first thoughts on War Plan Red. War Plan Red. Oh, we got quite a war theme. I know uh, this is strange because like you and Mike must like know, be in. We're on sync. We're in sync, sync man. Yeah. We are. Sync <laughs> <up>. <laughs> we're sending memos between <laughs> each other. War Plan Red. You got my carrier pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think because Jensen made me go first on that one, Mike, do you mind having a stab before me? Uh, <laughs> or is that unfair? Well, my, my, no, no, no. My my first thoughts are that it's a a um like an extreme plan of just going straight to war. Um, mm. That's really all I can think. So it, it uh, so, yeah, it was a war plan. Yes. So right, right. That's what <laughs> that's what I needed because Jensen sometimes throws things out there which are like really just a distraction technique. Um, <laughs> but if it is an actual war plan, I'm going to speculate as to what red refers okay. to here. Okay. And my my first thought on seeing that is like Soviets, Russia, yep, Russian okay. war plans, Cold War. These are thought processes I've got, but then what Mike was saying about it maybe just being like, you know, an immediate, it could be like a zonal, like this red versus war plan orange or war plan yellow could be the most extreme plan. Okay. Like, you know, like, you know, worst case scenario or in the event of this, we resort to war plan red. So you guys um, are going along the right lines. We've not totally nailed it, but we're really on the right line. So it is a color coding system, right? Um, okay. And I'll I'll tell you, it's um, it's it's pre Cold War, pre Cold War, okay. well, pre Cold War, before before the Cold War, um, and basically they had uh, the Americans had the rainbow war plans and the colors. There was a color coding system. And yes, there was War Plan Orange, uh-huh. War Plan Red, um, and a few other There's obviously colours. So there was War Plan Black, and uh, War Plan what, but... Black was um, America's plan for a possible war with Germany. So oh, are so these it's... not scenarios? A specific? So they they are enemies sen- or they conflicts. are scenarios and plans, but they are specific what were you going to say to a country to a country to each country right oh, hmm. so so who would be red i'm going to guess china um Ooh. not china believe it or not this is the bit you're going to find very interesting 
Is it the United United Kingdom? The British Empire. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Red is the so British not necessarily Empire. United Kingdom, but um, maybe our any uh, of the colonies. Yeah. Any members of the empire, basically. Yeah. What 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 time period was this? Sorry. So you said it so, predates the Cold War, so, but so what is it? Post World War Two or? So. Oh, we... I I might know this. Oh, Hang on a sec. Okay. Go on. Go on, Mike. Pennies dropped. We might. Here we go. Oh no. Uh, is it? Were they going to help out Argentina with the Falklands? Uh, no. This this wasn't that. All right. Um, we are. <laughs> we so. We'll go back. We're before. Uh, we're before the Cold War. Uh, not. The, yeah. yeah. So we're before the Cold War, uh, and we are actually before World War Two. Right. Oh right. Are we? Are we post World War One? Yep. Right. Hmm. Who was the president at that point in time? Do we? Uh, re- uh, well, in at this time, uh, Roosevelt, I think. Right. Okay. Roosevelt okay. is around that time. Um, I, I can't remember who's before Roosevelt. Obviously, I don't really know American yeah. history okay, no, no, really well. That's good. Ah, huh. so it was a war plan against the British Empire, and it's not like a contingency plan if the British Empire, you know, broke war with them. It's, you know, um, them personally attacking the British Empire. You know, it's not response, it's more well, of a... It is, um... it is um, it, in this plan, it was kind of more of a less response, more kind of preemptive. Right. If if Britain were to declare war on America... Oh, so it is, it is kind of like, so you it know, was kind of, if yeah, the, the, versus these... we are going to, yeah. yeah it's so the, the, yeah. the rainbow plans were all hypothetical defensive, scenarios, but, defensive but scenarios set in place, yeah. Um, so who, which, which British colony would probably be the most likely to get involved with America first? Are we based off? Go on, Josh, what were you going to say? Are we based off geographical distance here? Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Um... I'm going to stick with Japan. Uh, it wasn't Japan, I'm afraid. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, Hong Kong. Uh, no, but I can see where did you're we... going with that. Definitely. Did we? Did we have any colonies within South America? Uh, go think less south, think more north. <laughs> Canada. Canada. Okay. So. That makes sense. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it does make sense to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so one of, our, so one of our, one of our, obviously, uh, they, they were still obviously under British rule, essentially, but yeah. not, but essentially, like Australia and New Zealand and other places of the British Empire at the time. Right. Um, I might as well bring you in now because you've kind of, you've kind of landed it. Um, so basically, it was uh, what Plan Red was America's, um plan for if we ended up in a war with the they ended up in a war sorry with the british empire with us and basically their plan was invade canada um huh. because it, it was their thought that the english would obviously Which come to canada yeah. first yeah and reinforce that and then take america that way um so their plan was basically just like take over canada 
um, and then hope to broker a peace deal. That was essentially their plan. Uh, but there was an interesting little twist to this, which was in that plan. Um, there was a, a little line somewhere, apparently, that said uh, any territory that they took of Canada, they weren't going to give back. <laughs> so um, wow. that's interesting. Yeah. So, so in that maybe plan, in their best interest at that point in time, really, too, have, yeah. you know, kind of tried to. So, but it's attack. interesting because obviously, like military power wise, um, the the UK, Britain, the British Empire was probably America's uh, greatest, um, I suppose, adversary to be adversary if they were ever going to clash. Um, but the thing is, like, they were allies together in World War One. Yeah. So. Hmm. But but It'd also, it's good to have a contingency, I mean, though, isn't it? I guess that's it. Like, because I think. Uh, on the one hand, they were they were they were kind of they were in peacetime, and I think um, when you're not at war, I suppose what else to do with your military than plan for one um, yeah. and and be prepared? Because I suppose it was like I imagine they didn't hope to go to war with Britain because they had generally good relations. Yeah, um, yeah. but I suppose it was just being prepared in case that did happen. Um, and, Amer- and America is obviously not in a particularly good economic position at that time. Um, and for some reason, wars seem to be the answer to economic problems. I'll never understand <laughs> that one, ever. <laughs> but uh, you don't understand that one. I, I really don't understand why it's like, yeah, we're cripplingly, um, you know, bankrupt. So well, it all comes down to resources, well, doesn't it? You know, I want like, to commandeer the resources that this certain country has. Yeah. The only way to do but, that is to invade yeah. and go to war with them. It's, it's so it's but, so yeah. strange because our, <laughs> yeah, our financial system isn't isn't really now based on actual physical gold standard or anything like that. It's an FDR. It's it might it's you know it's I don't know. It's just there it are still certain me. resources, aren't they, which drive but, yeah, basically yeah. that's very true. Like supply chains, food, oil, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't know. It's one of them things where I'm just like. Um, can I ask about this rainbow system then? I'll do my best to answer, yeah. Did you know how many countries were included in this? You know, because obviously um, there's not a colour for every certain potential country. I, which I, on, could... I only listed down I only listed down a few, but there were there were quite a few. Oh, there well, were okay. quite a few, obviously, yeah. Um there's do plans they, for do everywhere. They get a bit more and more so obscure as you go on. Well, the uh, well they're all different they they are they are all different Shit, colors, yes. so <laughs> Um, is there a mauve in there well <laughs> interestingly uh in war plan red anything under the british empire all the different areas of it were assigned different shades of red um <laughs> so, yeah, so that's quite well, interesting um someone was creative weren't they yeah yeah so so canada was assigned crimson india ruby australia scarlet new zealand garnet yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, they really did have time on their hands. Warpan Black uh, sounds was like a, Germany. A, a flamboyant like military guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, magenta. Warpan Magenta. <laughs> Executes the Warpan Magenta. magenta. <laughs> 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 I know. Right, we've kind of we've closed down mine, so. Josh, that was really I'm cool, intrigued. That. I wonder if um, is I wonder if yours is going to be war related. Let's find out. Go on. 
Wow. Let's see. Let's see. Well, well, well. No, 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 no. In a lucky turn of events, it's not war related. Oh, thankfully. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. Um, Two now out of this... three, though. What? Yeah, your others was like tax, weren't it? The other episode we, we so strange, mate. Um, Wavelength. Now that obviously I say this all the time, but this is really cool from my perspective. Um, okay. And I don't think you're going to know what it is, but I think you might know what some of the elements are which contribute towards the word and the topic itself. So I would like your first thoughts on something called a xenozoonosis. A xenozoonosis. Okay, xeno meaning alien or foreign. Yes. Boom. Right. Smashed up. Um, but foreign to what or who? Uh, Do you know what a zoonosis is? No, okay. I don't know what a zoonosis is. Wait, how are we spelling zoonosis? Can you help me that bit? Z double O. Oh, N O S I S. Zoonosis. Right, Mike. Mike? <laughs> you know, I am completely flummoxed. I. My first thoughts, I suppose, are something to do with animals. Is it anything to do with animals? It is. It is to do with animals. And um, I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm going to tell you that zoonosis is... It's related to disease. So you have um, Mm. zoonotic diseases, for example. So these are diseases which occur in animals. Um, So zoonosis is basically another word for um, a zoonotic disease. So xeno, zoonosis, is something to do with animal diseases. Right. And this is like, this is like first level of something which is going to be insanely cool when we get down to it. Um, okay. But obviously I'm biased because I'm interested in zoonotic diseases. No, but okay. I, I find this like really interesting stuff though. Like oh, okay, I really okay, do. Okay. I re- no, I really do love this stuff. Um, okay. I have, I have a uh, an idea. Go on, Mike. Is this topical in the current climate? Um, I mean, like you know, you do have you have zoonotic diseases which infect humans. Um, you know that occurs mm-hmm. quite quite commonly. You know, things like yellow fever, for example, bird flu, um, avian influenza. Yeah. Um, so it's topic it's topical in that regard. But this is more about the process of that infection, like how you get that disease. Um, so is the xeno, does that describe the how you get it? Yeah, so that xeno is key to, to this thing right. that I'm trying to ex- explain. And so, was that the what, what uh, Jensen was saying is a, a foreign body or something? Yeah, so I think, like, you know, uh, the prefix xeno means different in origin, um, like, you know, foreign. Um, but, like, this xenozoonosis is a byproduct of something that I'm trying to get down to. Because um, that, that itself, okay. yeah, that, that itself is really fascinating. Um, and I didn't want to say what that was off the bat because I thought you would have known straight away what that was. But, I mean,. I can try and drop that in. Um, no. Um, I mean, like, right now, like, obviously, thinking about the current 
current climate of COVID and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you yeah. know, one of our one of our theories is obviously that came from wet market and the the bat yeah, thing. Yeah. And obviously yeah. we get things like avian flu and swine flu. Um but this is not necessarily about those viruses. Um is it is it somehow like the mean the means of like transportation from like an infected animal to a human, like the medium. Yes, it is. It is transmission process. Yeah, so you, you've got these zoonotic diseases, like I mentioned, um, right? And they can infect humans. It's like spillover, overlap. But this xenozoonosis, it's more like you're saying about the transmission agent and how it okay. gets from that species to humans. And um, so we're we talking like. Like whether it's something that's that's through the air, like a respiratory disease or something. Are we talking about the transmission of how that disease is? Um... Yeah, we are, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the word which I was gonna use as my original topic now, which oh, is something hmm. called a, a xenograft. Now I don't know if you know. Yeah, I don't know if you know anything about these. Now these are absolutely mind blowing. So this xenozoonosis is a byproduct of what happens occasionally when you have a xenograft. Oh, right. And if you know what, so, if you can try and tease oh, what a xenograft is, it will all fall into place and it'll be like really cool. Again, I'm thinking biasly. that a graft is um, is taking like maybe a like a, a limb or a, a skin or something and grafting that onto an animal but is there is is it a thing to have grafts between different animals yeah so that's what xenograft refers to basically it's um a graft or, or an organ transplant from a donor of one species to a recipient of another species right. so I mean, like when so... they did the pig human heart transplant yeah yeah so that would be a xeno transplant um which is another thing but uh yeah xenograft refers specifically to like the tissue and skin but you have yeah you know the skin's an okay. organ that's why we use organ in that sense but xeno transplant would be you right. know like a pig's heart for example okay. you have the you have these transplants where we put in basically a, a, a product or you know a part of a foreign species into the human body normally like to treat burns for example we do like yeah. fish skin which is like, like insane uh, don't know if you've seen any pictures about like people with an arm covered in fish skin. Really? Yeah. Um, that's amazing. So that's called a xenograft. I've never, I've never heard of that. That's fascinating. Yeah, Google it afterwards because the pictures I, are insane. Yeah, I'm, ju I'm just taking notes. Yeah, yeah. But basically, so do they get uh, superhuman superhuman powers for from these grafts? <laughs> no. So like, this is this is my topic in that it it could be the opposite. So you know, you've got this xenozoonosis. You can pick up an infection, which was in the donor species. So. You know, it's like a transmission pathway. It's quite an unusual transmission pathway. But, you know, if you got, for example, yeah. a pig's heart and that pig had, you know, kind of a transmissible disease. Uh, I've got some mm -hmm. some examples somewhere, which I've forgotten. Um, you know, for example, it could be swine flu. It, it might not be, but that's just for example. I can't. I've got so many yeah. notes. I can't. I can't go to it right now. But yeah, it's <laughs> basically like, you know you receive this foreign organ and it results in an infection within the human. And this is like so cool because 
I don't know how much you know about transplants in general, but even if it's within human to human transplant, you have to lower the immune system response so that that's right. Yeah, the body accepts that you know this foreign... doesn't reject it. Like yeah, yeah. So you have to do that with these xenotransplants and xenografts as well, because even more so, you know, it's not human the organ or the tissue that you're transplanting. Yeah. So yeah, that lowers your immune system, but obviously then your immune system suppressed, and it gives a chance for some of these zoonotic diseases to kind of flare up, basically. Um, have their way with you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 quite uh, it's quite cool because it's something I didn't know too much about until I looked into xenografts themselves. Um, no, that's really interesting like genuinely like yeah. i i never i never heard about the uh, the fish skin uh thing at all like yeah uh, so, so apparently there's you know quite a lot of similarities between fish skin and human skin with regards wow. to some of the um kind of the enzymes and uh, etc which no make way. it like looks nothing like no um, not are you, all, Google, you know are you, are you, not on the like the fit, the fit <laughs> you know not how it looks but with regards to the, like components and what makes up the skin um it's x e n o graft and then you you type x e n o graft and then type fish well i spelled it completely wrong <laughs> and you go to like you know the google images and the first image Holy there moly. is literally a man's arm with fish skin so over they time they can do so, some amazing things can't they yeah, so there's like certain properties of the fish skin itself, like omega three, for example, which stimulate new skin growth. Like wow. it's it's it is amazing. I've not looked into it too much, but um, yeah, there's tilapias or I don't know. Tilapia, yeah, yeah, tilapia fish is the most common used one. Then you've got cod as well. Holy um, moly! But yeah, over time, then this skin, this fish skin, um, obviously dies, but underneath is fresh, fresh human skin. That's amazing, man. (laughs) That's so cool. That's so cool. But yeah, xenotransplants and xenografts occasionally result in these xenozoonotic diseases. Uh, So do we know what these diseases are? Yeah, so I've got a a couple of examples here. So there's like um, herpsiviruses and rotaviruses. Um, You know, pigs... Um, used as organ donors must be screened quite regularly for different microbes and right. um, pathogens. And then once mm. you've received this this um, transplant or graft, you're then monitored for the course of your lifetime to make sure that you're not, you know, then a carrier of any of these xeno diseases. But yeah, um, wow, porcine, herpesiviruses, rotaviruses, uh, parviovirus, circovirus as well. Um, right. it's incredible yeah. stuff, man. As I say, I've not I, looked I, into I it just... as much as I should, but like, um, you know, like they have these transgenic pigs, so where they, you know, they can kind of like at a, tra- at a genetic level influence the DNA and what you know proteins are being expressed, so that it increases the risk, no, it increases the likelihood of a transplant taking place. And decreases the list risk of you know a zoonotic infection. Um, it is fascinating. So I'm just, really I'm just, I'm just blown away by these images. Honestly, I'm just looking at I'm just looking at images of it, and I'm just absolutely blown away. Uh, How are you spelling it again? X E N O. 
XENO, yeah. graft, G-R-A-F-T, mm -hmm. and then just do a space yeah. and write fish. Go into yeah. Google Images. Oh, okay. um, oh wow. Yeah, it's yes. crazy, isn't it? Yeah, oh, wow. Holy moly. Yeah, it's like it looks like a snake. <laughs> yeah, um, some people refer to the recipients as mermaids, um, which is just crazy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's totally accurate. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so, I think, that, so that's a xenograft. Is that commonplace then? It's becoming more commonplace. So it might not be oh. as extreme as fish skin, but we can create artificial membranes oh. which use um, certain components of different animals. Um, you know, kind of skin or tissue. Sorry. My heart, my heart just broke. They're using them on like uh, in veterinary as well, like on animals. Oh, I think it probably stemmed from that. To be my, fair, my heart. My heart. <laughs> right, Mike. I think I think we're running That's out of time. So, amazing. so what are you thinking? We got a title. Um, Iron Military Zoo. Iron <laughs> Military Zoo. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay, I'll you know I'll okay. roll with that. I'll roll with Iron Military Zoo. Yeah, cool, nice, smashed it. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> Problem Easy. solved. Right. Well, you didn't tell me how to round this up, so one of you is going to have to do it for you me. You just literally just yep. say thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, See you later, no, it's, guys. Been, it's been a good episode. I'm, I'm really grateful, Mike, for you. Um, you stepping in for both of these. Yeah, so much, man. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. All right. Well, not a problem. See you guys soon. And thanks again for another interesting episode. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care. All right. So take care, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.